What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronicles of Runeterra. I am Mike. And I'm Sean. And uh, we're here to talk to you guys about Arcane, the show that we have now fallen in love with. I'm pretty sure if there's a way. I mean, I'm already married, but maybe I can make it my second wife. Uh, she'll know. understand. Okay. I think you know. so. I mean, she's a fan of it, too. So it's just going to be like a little schmoozing. Maybe she'll like. marry maybe it before you. So. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously, we're super excited about the series. Um, we've been watching it like crazy many times over. Way more than like a normal person should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, have, is... we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Family's concerned. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's a, a way to measure success for the company. If they're like, wow, people are literally addicted to our show. Yeah, that must be. Um, they're doing something exactly yeah, right. It's we're like, doing something right. It's like Shimmer <laughs> in our world, you know? So. Exactly. Uh, the show is actually Shimmer. That whole thing was a metaphor. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, thank you guys so much for, for joining in. I hope that you guys watched the previous three episodes and even the trailer. Uh, if you did, then I'm sure you know what we're here to do. We're going to be deep diving in on Arcane. And of Hell. course, yeah. Yep. And and all the other good stuff that's going to be coming down the pipeline that they already confirmed is in production. So we're super excited about that well, stuff, too. And, and I just want to interrupt real quick. So we don't know what type of stuff they've just said. Hey, you know, we're going to be making more shows and uh, we are looking at live action films. So, yep. you know, there's there, we don't have any context behind it. Um, I, we have some ideas as far as where we want them to go. Oh, yeah. Um but uh, but yeah, I think that's a topic we need to save for uh, for after Arcane is done. So yeah, definitely, we'll go into our predictions and speculations. Exactly, as to what will come. But um, I think one thing we can agree on is that it's going to be good, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if if this is if this is the bar, like they're only going to well, raise it. And that's the thing is, I'm I'm going to tell you, you know, I I I imagine you tell me, Sean. I'm going to tell, tell you, man. You know, <laughs> this is mainly directed at the audience. But if they are. Um, if they're new to to uh, League of Legends and the world of Runeterra, um, and you're you're always going to kind of see stuff, and you're going to be like, "That's really familiar," like it's a familiar archetype, and that's kind of the point, you know? Like they're they're taking mm-hmm. familiar archetypes that uh, we've seen throughout history and mythology and and stories, and they're adding their own fun twist to it. Um, yeah. So you know it. I've always gone into this thing going, oh, this is, uh, you know, very similar to this one character that I really like in, in Marvel or in this this book that I read. Um, so it's cool to see them kind of, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it's uh, I know some people they're going to go, oh, they ripped off. And um, I'm afraid to to be the, the bearer of this. But um, if you've ever followed the hero's journey, every freaking story rips off of itself so or yeah, not nothing's itself. unique yeah there really isn't much unique um except uh, <laughs> everything's a copy of a copy like yeah uh, until you get into hinduism then then that's really unique but uh we won't go on that <laughs> that tangent but uh but yeah definitely um you know but let us know if uh if you've got a favorite character or whatnot um or if you see some similarities uh, i've got a couple um observations that i want to share but um i will hold those in when the uh, the time comes so is this going to be, are you talking about for this episode or are you talking about like whenever Arcane's done and we're looking at speculation for new stuff in the both, future? Both. So, gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that to myself for now. <laughs> All right. Well, let me start the pandering part of this real quick. Uh, I hate doing it, but I have to. So here we go. Um, basically, thank you guys so much for listening, of course. But one thing that you can really do to help us out, um, it's totally free and everything like that. Just go to Apple Podcast if, if at all possible and um, just leave us a five star review. 
that does so much for us. You cannot even imagine. And, uh, you know, we'd love to get this thing more visible for lots of other people to, you know, enjoy it as well. Hopefully enjoy it. I think people are enjoying it. We'll see. If they're listening um, this far, then exactly, exactly. Um, but anyway, so yeah, please leave us those five star reviews. And if you'd like, if you have a favorite character or something like that, uh, we are incredibly bad impressionists. So we will give ourselves a go at imitating that character's voice reading off your review Mm -hmm. so let us know we'll give it a shot and we'll see how it turns out you can laugh at us it's okay (laughs) um but all right well let's go ahead and jump into this episode which is episode four of arcane so let's start off with the very beginning because it's a beautiful scene right um jace comes in to see heimer and heimer says it's the bicentennial he lets us know that's a very big thing in piltover by the way Mm -hmm. um so why don't you go ahead and like this this next part when talking about Professor Stanwick is pretty interesting. Did you want to kind of go into that a little bit? Oh, yeah. So it, it's almost it's, uh you know, for that opening sequence, you know, Heimer lights a candle. It's almost like a like a like a religious vigil for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he talks about this being the 200 um, year old anniversary. Mm-hmm. Right. Of uh, the foundation yep. of the city. And um, kind of goes into Stanwick Padidley. And mm-hmm. in the uh, the OG lore, Stanwick is actually the person that convinces Victor to come to Piltover. Um, mm-hmm. And he he helps, you know, uh, train Victor and, and they work together and he's kind of his, his apprentice and everything. Um, he also originally in the lore is the one that becomes Warwick, by the way. Oh, Stanwick is? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's okay. That was a couple iterations ago then. Um, Yes. No, that's not canon anymore. That's uh, old lore. And uh, so, but it's, it's cool how, you know, yeah, they're, they're changing things up as is expected. Right. But they're taking Mm -hmm. those, those elements and going, okay, guys, we, you know, we're not going to just completely throw a character that, that you guys may um, have appreciation for. I don't think anyone loved Stanwick, but you know, they, uh, they <laughs> no one's repping signs. No. Stanwick's my favorite <laughs> character. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone yet. Um, but, but they, you know, they'll pay homage to, to those characters that they've had in the past. And that's what they do with Stanwick. And Stanwick's one of the co-founders along with Heimer of, mm-hmm. um, Piltover. And, um, uh, one little fun fact too, is in the old, old lore, um, Stanwick is actually the one that, um, takes credit for Blitzcrank. Um, yep. away from Victor. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's a little, little ruthless in, um, in the, the old lore. So it's good that they kind of paid him in a, in a better light. Um, and you know, Heimer makes a point to say that, uh, Stanwyck understood that it was his students that could carry out and move, uh, the future forward, um, within progress and, you know, technology and all that stuff, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I thought that was a, a cool little, um, I don't want to call it an Easter egg, but just a, a cool little addition that they threw in there. So um, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love whenever they pay homage to um, like the smaller the smaller characters that we've seen before. Yeah. And I definitely like this version of him a lot better because same, obviously who's an asshole before. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I really liked it too. I also um, liked the part where he specifically said everything he ever made blew up or didn't work. Because he was showing like... <laughs> He was saying, like, basically, you know, it wasn't his contribution. Like, he didn't do much. Like, it wasn't about him. It was all about how, you know, or I should say, it wasn't about his invention specifically. That yeah. was, like, the least part of what it was about. It was all about how 
he wanted his students or he knew that his students would be the ones giving more than he ever could. Yeah. And um, that's why he's being honored. So even if you're not the one directly creating the change, you can still be honored. Um, what, one so, yeah. thing, yeah, and, and one thing in this scene I want to point out is uh, Heimer looks the same, right? Um, and yeah. then it cuts to Jace, and he's got like a five o'clock shadow, like he's he's gotten taller, <laughs> he looks a little, little more um, uh, weathered, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so there, it's clear that there's been a time jump. They don't. I don't think. Do they specify the the time jump like the the actual amount? I don't think they do. No, we don't know what they are now. The only real time difference that we know of is that we know that she. We know that um, Powder was seven before. Yeah. So, so. I, I, I want to say you know just for for brevity's sake, I think we should just you know settle on like ten years difference. Um, at least, yeah. you know, after watching this episode, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting is like, it would make sense if it was 10 years later kind of thing. Um, but it's yeah. definitely not like five years, right? It's it's further than No, that. it wasn't a super small amount of time. No, yeah. It was a decent amount of time. So, yeah. But, yeah, that it's a really good scene, and it, it definitely um, shows a little bit more about Heimer especially and, uh, you know, his views and his values, I think, as mm-hmm. well, because he was a big fan of, of Stanwyck, obviously. I mean, they worked together, yeah. started, built over together. And, so, And then one thing that, that Heimer um, says to Jace mm-hmm. is uh, the um, the council wants Jace to give the speech, and Jace is like, I couldn't give the speech. You know, you do it every year. And yeah. uh, Heimer does a little, he's like, I agree with the council. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh, okay there. <laughs> I don't know. I, did, I actually didn't get the, um, like, agree with the, like, begrudgingly agree. I oh, actually I, thought that he, he I don't, did agree. I don't think it was begrudgingly. I, it was almost oh, okay. like, it was one of those things where it, it kind of led you on a little bit. And then you're like, and then he says, with the council. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. Like, I don't think it was begrudgingly at all. Like. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was kind of like a funny, I don't know, like little tease that he did, but, uh, right, right, uh right. whether that was intentional or not, I, I, I don't think it was at all. It's just, that was how I was left in suspense. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, with, uh, I, I do like the fact that he said that because I feel like this kind of sets the scene for things to come or at mm-hmm. least makes a more, a little more dramatic turn for things to come. But I feel like Heimer has, in spite of what happened in that, that last arc, um, and how it ended, I feel like this is Heimer being like, you know what, like you're you're good in my eyes. Like I agree. Like despite our differences on on what we thought about what happened before, this is where we are now, and you deserve this. And so I I really liked that he they're on the same side right now. Is well, what I feel like. It, I, uh, it, and, and Heimer makes a point to say, you know, thanks to the the hex gates. Um, yeah. You know, we've had a, a revival of arts and science and, you know, we're we're trading like no other. And, and you know, um, uh, wealth is coming in the city and whatnot. And um, it, it's it's one of those where he kind of, you know, the Heimer's uh, good at admitting whenever he was I wouldn't say wrong, but um, whenever things play out um, in, in a good way, even though he, he wasn't um, on board with it initially. So, yeah, because I, I feel like we are still in that zone of like you know, Heimer doesn't necessarily, I know I mentioned this before, I, I really don't think he necessarily doesn't like magic or disagrees with magic. It's humans using magic. And I think that he was surprised to see that at least so far, Jay seems to be handling it responsibly. Yeah. And so I liked, I liked that um, just kind of nod of acceptance there. And the um, another thing that's really important here, this is probably the most important thing out of the entire episode. 
Poros are officially canon in the world. Yes, yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm glad you said uh, something, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> couldn't let that pass, yeah. dude. <laughs> but uh, that that was really cool. Poros are super cool. I can't wait till we get to characters like Braum and stuff like that. We go into to Freljord where we actually see a whole bunch of Poros. Yeah. It's going to be super cool. Um, and yeah, it's like the easy, I feel like it's the easiest way to get like your girlfriend or something like that or your wife involved because the second my, my wife saw that, um, she was like, "Oh my god, what is that? I love that." It's she, like she's probably dog. like, "I want so one. Like, I want one now." Yeah. <laughs> so she she was on Amazon actually looking for like uh you know like larger stuffed animals for it the other day. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Boros they're officially real. They've always had like a weird spot in um let or in uh, in the Legends. lore. And yeah. So, yeah, like on the like, is this real? It doesn't really make much sense because there's a whole bunch of different versions of them. But yeah, they're here. So. Um, the other thing is that we also get a new Piltover reveal. Like this is it. It does like a sweeping cinematic look oh, at the man. city now. I love that. And it, it's just yeah. it's so like just vibrant and like mm-hmm. alive. It, that I mean, it, and that's the thing is like that that whole you know scene that they where they show Piltover. Mm-hmm. I mean those those are artists going in and and drawing all that like hand drawn, and it's just you can tell like. Like I paused it and I was still finding things in there that I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Like amazing architecture. Right. There's one built one buildings being built, you know, um, while it's happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you've got all those different airships uh, coming in and uh, the airships are pretty unique, too. So I, I'm not I'm not even, um, you know, totally sure that they're exclusively from Piltover. I think they're from all over. So. Um, yeah. You know, don't take my word for that, but uh, you know, no confirmation there. But I'm I'm fairly certain it's it. They're uh, they're they're from all over the place. I mean, they're definitely being they're definitely carrying shipments yeah. from all over the place. But yeah, I'm not sure if I feel like Noxus would paint theirs red. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. like a very Noxus thing to do. So maybe it is just exclusively built over stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, either way, uh, really cool to see. I, I I love the look at it. They really appreciate like it. Like the beauty that they've created for these cities, like you can tell that there's a lot of passion and even just like the way that the city looks, which I I love. It's not all just about, you know, the characters and la di la, but it's, you know, it's about the whole picture. Yeah. So. Um, really loved that, and it also uh, made it a point to show you how the hex gates operate. You get that little shot of oh, so um, cool, so cool. Yeah, of the airship being teleported, which looked awesome, and you got to see like uh, you know the runic circle be applied to it, and then you know shoots it off the light space. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then it, it goes down to a view uh, of the festival that's going on. Yeah down below and so do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on there yeah so um you know i'm, I'm going to coin this as the progress day fair you know mm-hmm. um because you know there's there's like different stands and people are getting food and there's music playing. well it is actually the festival it's officially coined as well it's festival. fest it's called a festival it's it's a festival yeah it's a progress oh, day festival. well i think a fair would have been better but it's okay so uh, <laughs> uh yeah so maybe they'll hire you because you had that brilliant idea <laughs> um but uh but yeah no the uh, the progress day festival um Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah and then there's you know it's it's almost like um you know it kind of feels a little bit like you're in you know uh like 1920s kind of america where it's Mm -hmm. um you know you've got like the there's like a little car engine that that sputters and turns on there's but then there's uh like this elegant like little butterfly machine that's like fluttering around Mm -hmm. and um my uh, my partner was just like in awe of that, and I was like, 
I guess it's cool, but yeah, it's just funny what <laughs> what some people notice that it, you know it's just like it's really neat to them. But there, I looked a little bit further, and there's like little gears in it and stuff that are spinning. There's just a ton of attention to detail um, given to this. Uh, but one right. of the the things that we did notice, which I mean, I totally freaked out, was all the Vestayans. So many, yes, like, um, and the, there's a, a couple of Vestayans that are. Um, they're actually they have the crest of the the Kierman, um house or clan or right. whatever, and uh, so they're they're now in- integrated into society, right? So it kind of yeah. just shows how um, you know progress has been made thanks to these hex gates. It's just this amalgamation or uh, melting pot um, of a uh, of a city. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but yeah, it's really cool. Great world building so far. Just really quick too. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that was definitely also one of the things that stood out to me, just because I'm constantly looking for, like, signs for the MMO or, like, what would be cool in the yeah. MMO. And, <laughs> yeah, whenever I saw, like, the bat-like, there was a bat-like humanoid, and yep. you saw, like, a kind of goat-like humanoid, mm-hmm. and uh, very cool. So, yeah, different, different, uh, really expanding upon the, the Vestayans. Um, so, yeah, lots of really cool stuff there, and um, I agree. Like, it, it's always weird, like... This isn't the first place it is. It's usually in steampunk environments or, or cyberpunk environments. Less cyberpunk, more steampunk. Mm-hmm. But um, where they have kind of like weird gaps in technology. Like they have all of these crazy inventions, right, that we don't have today. But like they don't have a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always strange to me that those uh, like no one thought of maybe a faster way to communicate with each other quickly. Well, um, I, that's the thing, too, is I, and it's funny you bring that up. I've mm-hmm. I've noticed that um, like you can just there's a little bit more drama when there's not like cell phones everywhere because oh of course because yeah. it's like oh like you have to get that information to that person and that's an obstacle that you have to overcome where with cell phones it's just like everything's so connected so um i hope they never bring cell phones into rutero okay like it's I, just, I actually i agree with you for the same reason like i feel like there's a lot of drama that goes away yeah. with not being able to reach someone immediately or find out news immediately. I, I'd go so, as far yeah. to say I don't even want like radio in, in Runeterra. I think they should just <laughs> kind of just, you know, make it to where it's like How are they going to play our podcast, bro? Well, you know, we'll we'll set up a stand at the uh, the festival. So we'll there just go, play yeah. through some speakers. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so, so much to like here and yeah, they really do a good job of showing off the city here and Progress Day is a really big thing. Um for, for Piltover, uh, mm-hmm. if you know anything about the lore. So I'm really glad that they included that uh, in this, um, at least this season of it. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next part. So this is actually with Caitlin, involving Caitlin and Jace. So um, Caitlin's kind of doing her job outside of the tent, and Jace comes up and kind of annoys her, right? Um, Caitlin's taking her job very seriously, though. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that from their conversation, uh, their parents are, or her parents, rather, are kind of hamstringing Caitlin's career a bit. Very, what? yeah. Like they're they're definitely sheltering her, and it's a uh, what, exactly. what they call it, like helicopter parents, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Because the her dad's the colonel, right? Yeah. So you can tell like they don't want her because she wants nothing more than to be basically like street cop, yeah. And uh, she wants to be in the shit. And her parents want her way out of the shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, they're doing anything they can to try to, you know, keep her um, in, a, in a safe place. And uh, what did you think of the dynamic there between Jace and Caitlin? Because I feel like this is something that's going to grow in one way or another, right? Well, that's the thing is, like, it's, it's clear that they're friends. And 
I think Jace is like trying to be a little flirty, but it's just she's not picking up on any of it. And which I'm kind of okay with, uh, you know, um, but uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, I think it's it's one of those where, you know, they're childhood friends and and, uh, you know, they're they're both going to pick on each other uh, (laughs) as much as possible, even as adults. Yeah, I always thought there was like a little bit of a flirty relationship with them. We'll we'll see if that plays out oh, I, or not. I, but I, it seemed like here I did not. I was it, okay. Yeah, it seemed like here she was she was having none of it. So I think yeah. I mean you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's more like right. Jace is like, oh, it's a it's a cute girl. I'm gonna flirt with her rather than like, oh, I'm I'm yeah. serious about like you know developing something here. I did I did not get that vibe at all. So right, right, right. All right, so um, we go into the next scene now, and, and this is where, like, shit really starts to go down. Mm-hmm. And um, you see a hex blimp, blimp come in, or sorry, a uh, hex blimp. I don't know why I call it that. An airship uh, come in um, to dock. Uh, well, to- real quick, real quick, before we hop into that, one sure. thing I, I did see is the uh, the pantless guy from episode one. Um, whenever oh this guy yeah Vi <laughs> walks past uh, um, him at the brothel, and he gets kicked out without his pants on. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the he's uh he's in an airship and he's like clearly drunk and he's like happy progress yeah. day he's like, you know progress day well yeah. and um i know nakrit his theory is that those three guys on that um on that airship uh including the pantsless guy or the his theory is that they're the founders of studio fortiche so Could be. yeah i mean because they're obviously he, he seems a little out someone. of yeah and he he, he does that my only complaint with that character, right? Um, he just kind of mm-hmm. seems like out of the Piltover element. Yeah, he breaks immersion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see. Like, it, it's definitely like a little Easter egg, but I feel like it might be too much of an Easter egg. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, too big of an Easter egg because it is a little <laughs> impeding upon the world because he does not match the aesthetic of anything. Yeah, but I'm not holding it like that's it's a small. It's thing. really like, quick and it's you're it's such funny a every baby time. if you care about that at all. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, no I, I I do know where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, but all right, well, let's go ahead and, and talk about the airship then. So the airship comes into dock, um, bringing in shipments. Uh, the guy that's, you know, working the checklist there, uh, he comes over and obviously something's not right here. And then you see, what's her name? Siv- Sivka. Uh, Savika. Savika. Much cooler name than what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Savika comes over and hands him a bag full of that money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and during this whole ahead. time, you're seeing uh, little cuts to a... A uh, masked figure on a on a hoverboard. Yeah, yeah. Well, then we get no, no, no. I don't think it happened yet. I think trust like, me. Right I'm, after I took notes. Okay, so literally, like, <laughs> well, because they all come out at once, right? Well, so, so like it it cuts back and forth between him in the uh, in the like the tunnel area. So it actually shows mm-hmm. the mask mask figure first. Then it cuts to Savika. Okay, and then he's looking at his watch again, and then it cuts back to. Uh, Savika again and so it's like yeah it's one of those where it's they're showing two things at once essentially okay well I do remember there's a really amazingly cool looking scene that happens uh, right after that which is where they all emerge Mm -hmm. from those pipes right in Piltover and before that happens right whenever Savika is uh, you know clearly bribing the the airship captain Mm -hmm. um, if you take a close look at those barrels it's actually got Gragas on them 
Did you know oh, that? Oh shit! I did not know. I did yeah, not know that. Yeah. Good catch. That's that's craggy ice right there. Craggy ice. So craggy um, ice. <laughs> Olaf's favorite drink. Right that's there. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, piltovers but, too. So because there was a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool actually because that's one of the most underdeveloped. Actually, I think that is the yeah. I think that's the oldest lore that's still in effect right now. Yeah, it's almost Broaduses. a it's almost a meme at this point. So yeah, so um, but yeah, his whole thing he, he was a brewer. Yeah, um, and so yeah, he made craggy ice, and so that's cool. I'm glad that they put that in there, um, and that also means that they're probably going to be keeping at least that part of it canon. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but anyways, all right. So uh, that's fun. And then we see finally. Can I can I move forward to the part with the them coming out of the yeah, pipes? Yeah, you or? can you can move forward. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You have anything else to throw at me? I'm sure I could think um, of something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we are met with that scene with them slowly coming out of the pipes um, and revealing themselves. And my God, that looks like such a fucking cool scene, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so beautiful. And um, of course, they're dressed like absolute badasses, too. So that really helps things. Um, and then the, you see their, their uh, what, do you, what would you call it? Um, hoverboards. There we yeah. go. They're on, they're on these hoverboards that come in, which is a very, you know, particular type of um, travel that we see related to another character that we might be seeing soon. I don't know if I should talk about it already. Do you think that we should mention who we think it is or um, maybe let's let's uh. Let, let's leave it as is for now, because this is another one of those where I'm I'm like 99 percent confident that we know exactly who it is. So I would say let, let's just uh, let, we could probably talk about it at the end of the episode um, in case people want to stay and, and, and hear it. Does that sound good? OK, fair enough. Cool. Fair enough. All right. So. Um, all right. So th- they come out of the of the shadows of the pipes and then you see them do this really cool scene where they kind of turn over like and then drop down super fast. Yeah. Really cool looking scene. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about what happens after that? So yeah, so they they raid the um, the airship where they're trying to smuggle um, Shimmer, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got these cool like little grenades, right? And whenever they explode, yeah, it, it creates this it's like crystals. Yeah, it's like brown oh, crystals, like crystal rock like you know uh, cocoon around people, right? So yeah. one thing I noticed is you know they are not. Um, they're not trying to murder people. They're trying to, uh, you know, <laughs> they're trying to hard CC, hard CC them, yeah. <laughs> uh, which they do. They they CC the you know all the main uh, goons, yeah, and uh, including Savika, and including Savika and the uh, the yeah. the t- tattooed bald guy, right? Big big tattooed yeah. guy, big big boy, big boy um, from uh, episode three. And uh, um, one of the things you see is is he says we have five minutes right the leader of the um the we're mm-hmm. going to call them the firelights right yeah. and um so that's another thing that kind of lends to our theory as to to who this person is but uh we will get more into more detail <laughs> at the end of the episode yeah um so yeah it, so they um they they're clearly there to um stop this smuggling they want to destroy everything that's on this yeah they want to burn burn the shimmer specifically yeah. is what they said um, yeah and then they he sends two of his um, comrades uh, down into the, uh, the the hole of the the ship, right? Mm-hmm. And as they get in, it it closes behind them, and you see 
this uh, monkey spray painted on the ceiling where they yeah. uh, came through the, the, the floor. And the way this scene is done, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, it's just done so well. Like, we, we know it's Jinx, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it just, it's got all these little parts of, of, I don't know, it just feels like almost like a like a horror flick, right? And oh, yeah. um, uh, they they light a flare to, to help them see, um, you know, where they're going and stuff in there. And then there's like this swing, this random swing. And of course, it swings up and it says boom. And, and uh, this... Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like this, this, uh, you know, um, zip line thing goes th- between them. And then they look down and there's of course, uh, chomper grenades attached to them. Um, and then yeah. it, it, it explodes and you just see like a little bit of smoke come out from, uh, from the, the hole, right. Um, from top. Yeah. Side. So, and so Jinx uh, is I here, think, you know, <laughs> exactly. They, they did such a good, like, they just painted her in such a way because we haven't even seen whenever she first emerges yet. We were just like seeing the the like intro part with her still being hidden in the shadows. But mm-hmm. they did such a good job of making her be like the predator in this scenario. Like she it's very easy to kind of write her off as just a, you know, oh she's like a little gunner character and that's all she can do. But that is definitely not the case because, I mean, she is down in there outnumbered. And she doesn't even use guns in this scenario, and she's just so tactical that she um, uh, not only defeats them, and like I said, you know, or like you said rather, mm-hmm. you know, puts the grenades on their back and everything like that, but she also does it with a particular flair. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's there's a lot of entertainment in the way that she does things. But after that, um, you do see that puff of smoke, like you said, from the top side. So you know something went on down there, and then um, it opens up, and then all of the smoke emerges. And from the smoke, um, you see her kind of like wander out, like almost like, oh, hi. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's such a strange scene, but it's so cool because she just she you can tell she really leans into the part of like, oh, I'm just a helpless, defenseless little girl. Like, uh, but no, she'll fucking kill you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so this this whole scene after that, she basically ends up kicking the shit out of everyone up top when she emerges from that smoke. And she, you can tell she's also really good at melee combat. Like, I mean, no issues whatsoever there. She, she's um, dangerous is what it really comes down to. Like In, in every form and fashion. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, you can tell she's constantly underestimated and she just beats the shit out of you for it. So, but then we get this really cool scene where um, she goes and, you know, grabs the, I believe she grabs the neck of the, of a particular girl that's um, one of the firelights. And uh, she grabs her her arm. So the the girl's about oh, to right. light a flare and, um, you know, ignite the, the shimmer, ignite the shimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, she catches her before she drops it. Yeah. And then the helmet gets knocked off. I don't remember exactly how, but her helmet, the firelight's helmet gets knocked off. She looks vaguely like Vi. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, you know, she got, yeah, got <laughs> yeah, pink hair and everything. Yeah. Right. And then so in that in that second, um, she starts getting instant flash flashbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, she didn't continue with anything she was doing. She's literally shocked. She's getting these flashbacks, these PTSD moments. Um, and I love how they because this is your first taste of how they are um, showcasing Jinx's like insanity. Right. Mm-hmm. And whenever like you see like the superimposed like scribbling faces on top of the the faces of these characters and things like that it looks so good and it's just like you can imagine like this is like what her world is you Mm -hmm. know what i mean 
And I, I don't and know so if you noticed during that, whenever mm-hmm. she first the, knocked the mask off that um, that firelight person, mm-hmm. uh, it actually does show Vi. Um, yeah, no, I, I know it does. That's what she's, because that's, in her mind, that's what she's yeah, seeing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but anyway, so it, it keeps kind of going through that. And uh, it ends up that, and I don't remember what happens, but she's somehow distracted or something. And then... She pulls out a gun and then shoots Vi when she kind of snaps out of it a little bit. Or not Vi, I'm sorry. Shoots the girl that looks like Vi when she snaps out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right in the head. No, it's like, a, it's in the back. It's in the back. Was it in the back? Yeah. Yeah. But either sure? way, it's still messed up. Like, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not taking anything away. She just straight up murdered someone. Yeah. Cold blood. They were literally running away and she murdered them in the back. Like, yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, she shot him in the in the back and it was... In, insane and you see the guy that was kind of the leader of um, the firelights instantly have an emotional reaction to it yeah um, do you want to take it back from there yeah so so clearly um, you know he's got a, a, a deeper connection with this particular um, uh, comrade right um, and jinx uh, her trauma flares up right or her, her PTSD and um, he lunges towards her and right as he's lunging towards her, she pulls out the, the minigun and just starts just going ham. And uh, uh, right before he gets to her, one of his um, one of his other guys uh, grabs him and, you know, they, they escape at the last second. Right. But Jinx doesn't yeah. stop. Like, that's the thing is, like, they're gone and Jinx is still wailing away with her minigun. Like, she's she's totally having a hysterical moment um, where she's, you know yeah she's she's definitely um off in this moment and she's uh shooting wildly to the point where um it's uh friendly fire right and it actually oh, yeah. hits she the uh gives the, zero fucks yeah and it it almost hits uh savika um but it actually ends up uh, uh actually hitting the, uh, the the bald tattooed guy right um yeah the big boy big boy so yeah so you, you could tell like you know she, she's a dangerous risk at this point like even to be bringing mm-hmm. on these missions um because at any point she could you know just crack uh so yeah, yeah so a lot of development on jinx in the first you know 10 minutes of this show um and you can see that how um she's regressed uh, mentally yeah and I, two things that i want to point out real quick here is that uh i also really like how the scene ends whenever she's done firing the minigun like the camera goes from the shot of one of the barrels Mm -hmm. and uh, as it spins it ends up ending on um, like a scoped in view of the dead body you know that the person from the firelights that she shot that looked like Vi yeah and so I thought that was really cool and then also right after that um, you know why am I always forgetting her name Savika S-A-V-I-K-A Savika yeah yeah Savika um so anyways uh she breaks out of her her hard cc um <laughs> yeah, she yeah. had enough tenacity to break out of it and um <laughs> uh she ends up yelling at jinx you know basically because like what the fuck are you doing oh you know, she was pissed could have easily hurt us um, i, I would have been pissed like if jinx oh, almost I mean, shot me like <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly enough sean i would be too yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways what was really cool was her reaction to that she did not because because it looks like Savika's kind of like the like second in charge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like next to next to uh, 
uh, Silco. And so seeing the way that she reacted to this authority figure was, or, you know, supposed authority figure was really funny because she just kind of like, like swooped in, you know, she does that little side swoop thing with her head, mm-hmm. you know, and like gets in front of her face and she just like smiles a little bit and doesn't say anything. Oh, that would just piss me like, off even more, man. Like, oh God, <laughs> I, I would be more freaked out. I'd be like, oh shit, <laughs> this person's a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think they did just a really good job of, of showing the type of person that she is now in the best way. I mean, I knew everything about her, basically, um, just from what the everything, I'm sorry, from the summation of what happened in that scene. Uh, so it was so cool to see play out. Yeah. Um, they did a really good job with her entrance. It couldn't have been better. All right. So next we have the scene where um, Heimer is showing or is being shown the new inventions by Jace and Victor more specifically starting off with the new refined version of the crystal and I just want to point out Victor Mm -hmm. does not look good man like he is definitely worse for wear yeah for sure uh, lighting the midnight oil kind of situation so um, on top of clearly he's having health problems Um, so I was as a Victor um, fanboy I was devastated to see him in that state so (laughs) Yeah, um, I it, he definitely is not looking good. Far worse than he was um, where we last let, let him off. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, they're they're showing off uh, the inventions excitedly to to Heimer, starting off with the crystal. And um, of course, whenever he wants to show him the crystal, Heimer's like, "No, wait, wait, what are you doing?" Because he's about to hit the crystal with a hammer. By the way, yep. Jace is about to use that. True. And to form. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Heimer kind of freaks out right as it hits. And he's doing it to show that after he hit it, like you got a little bit of, uh, you know, it's one of those like poof explosions again, where it's just like nothing actually like wasn't like an explosion, like a dangerous explosion. Just a burst of light. Yeah, like a burst of something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A burst of wind and light because everyone's hair moved and stuff like that, too. So Um, anyway, so you had one of those things and showing that it's now stabilized and they tell him that they made a new refined version of it that is stable um, and can handle things like this. And Heimer's definitely impressed by that. Um, but then after that, they, they go further and show him the other two big inventions, uh, specifically that they would like to showcase at, at the Progress Festival. Um, but yeah, go ahead and why don't you tell us a little bit about what those inventions are. Oh, okay. So um, we see for the first time the um, Atlas Gauntlets mm-hmm. and the Hex Claw. So if you are um, familiar with the game at all, you know that those gauntlets, um, Vi's going to end up with them somehow, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So seeing those gauntlets in action, man, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see those on Vi. Uh, (laughs) And then um, seeing the the Hex Claw, if you're a a Victor player, you know, like where that leads. So, um, and the the Hex, so the, basically the gauntlets are like, you know, you know, enhanced gloves, right. That can you know, right. lift giant rocks and, and crush them. Like, you know, just giant gorilla hands. Right. Um, yeah. and then the hex claw has, um, it's kind of got a little bit of a, a doc Ock feel to it. Um, and it's got a laser in the middle. So, uh, that's super powerful and it's, it'd be used for, you know, ideally used for, uh, mining and, and whatnot. So, right. 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 Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the idea behind it is, you know, use this technology to really enhance uh, the mining, um, help the colonies um, down there, that, but also, 
you know, be able to, to deliver more uh, resources um, for their their growing city. So, um, but yeah. yeah, it was really cool to see those those in action. Yeah, we get to see those very very iconic things for the first time in this series. So, it's it's a great moment. And um, but of course, there is a, a small accident mm-hmm. with the um, with the laser claw. Uh, the hex claw, mm-hmm. and it kind of, uh, let's say, singes um, the Poro <laughs> a little bit whenever it uses the the, the laser. The Poro's accident. fine, okay. So. Yeah, Poro is fine. Don't worry, they would not kill a Poro in the show. People, yes, Poro, no. No, of course not. Um, <laughs> There's a line, but, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so Heimer is still, like, very happy and like, oh, this is great, you know. Um, but he does say very casually, like, oh, but it needs a decade or so more of research. Yeah, and make he sure said, it's safe. And, and yeah, exactly. And he wants more safeguards, of course, because that's that's his thing. And um, like I said, he said it very casually, and they're kind of shocked because they're like, what? But we we can do this now. Um, Victor even says that we can be helping people now, and. Uh, Heimrich says, don't worry, it'll zip past you in the blink of an eye. <laughs> the 10 years. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> this guy's exactly. so, like, just n- disconnected, man. Like, exactly. does not understand. He, exactly. And that, that really is, like, it's another um, perfect moment just to display, yeah, just how different they really are in their perception of things, especially mm-hmm. time. Because you're right, like, I mean, with, with Heimer, like, this is nothing. It is, a you know, a yeah. blink of an eye. That's nothing to him. But, you know, to to Jason and especially Victor, you yeah. know, that is crucial time. You can see it so. in Victor's face. He's just kind of <clears throat> devastated by that remark. So, yeah, um, totally at a loss. Yeah, that's why whenever he says, like, but we can be helping people now, he's really, like, he's, he's upset whenever he says that. And Heimer just kind of walks out. Um. So, yeah, very important scene that went down there uh, for obvious reasons. Next, we go into uh, the scene where Caitlin is investigating the attack on the um, airship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and and set up a little bit there? Yeah, I mean, she it's pretty straightforward. She goes on the airship. She's taking pictures, you know, collecting clues. Right. One of the main clues Mm -hmm. is that monkey um, uh, symbol. Right. That uh, that Jinx painted in the uh, the hole. Um, and then, uh, she's able to connect the dots and realizes that someone was shot in, uh, while they were CC'd by the, uh, the, the, those crystals. (laughs) And, um, she, uh, follows, uh, like a, a trail to the, the deep in the hole and, uh, where the, the cargo is and finds the, uh, the bald guy with the tattoos. Right. And, uh, she starts interrogating him and he's, you know, in a way, like you can, <clears throat> I love how, what they do with these characters. Like they're not just your standard two-dimensional characters. Like she asks him, like you know, who 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 do you work for? Who's in charge? And he's like, and you could tell, like he kind of wants to tell her in a way, and he's like, yeah. no, that they, they'll scared. kill me. Like, yeah. And uh, she just started shooting, you know. And um, yeah. <clears throat> so Caitlin immediately, she's like, you know, something is more nefarious at play, especially if like you have a goon that's kind of you know, willing to like, you know, throw that person on the bus partially, you know, even though he doesn't give in. Um, but right as uh, she's interrogating him and trying to question him, Marcus shows up, right? Exactly. How convenient. Um, the reintroduction of Marcus. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, Marcus 
lectures Caitlin how she's you know off her post and Caitlin you know, of course she's like this obviously takes precedence but she's kind of scrambling because that's her boss right right and um and she knows that it's just busy work that she was assigned on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Marcus is having none of it. And in a way, you can kind of tell Marcus doesn't want her on this because he, he it, you know, he probably doesn't want her finding out more stuff. Right. Cause, oh, yeah. Because Marcus immediately he goes, let's put him on a on a a, um, a boat to um, what's it the called? Jail. The jail. Right. And yeah. uh, it's like, what? <laughs> like, he's a prime yeah. witness. Like, you, you wouldn't take him straight to jail. You you know, take, put them in the hold and, and interrogate them. But yeah, it was that, that was the moment where I was like, Hmm, Marcus is trying to make sure nothing really comes of this. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I still like, we don't know what happened with you know, the way it left off with Marcus. We don't know exactly what happened, but you can kind of assume his, his hands are, are still bloody. Right. And that, that's what I, I thought at least going into it. And, Whenever he pulled Caitlin off, like in a way, because she was on busy work and he knows that. Yeah. And she was doing it also. I think that scene did a good job of showing that she was a very good detective as well. Yeah. She was um, connecting because, things really intuitively. So exactly. And she, you know, saw the bullet holes. And I, I remember she kind of made a gun with her, um, her finger hand and yeah. kind of like, yeah, went across the room to follow the bullet paths. Like she knew what she was doing, um, which I really like to see because once again, that's, you know, work being showed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I really liked that scene a lot. And Marcus, obviously, like that was just very sketchy that he was like, no, 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 don't 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 talk to him anymore. Just go away. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But then we get into the first scene that really has like a lot of meat on. The oh, it's, it's it happens so fast. And we like I was literally pausing and playing the entire time. Yeah. So exactly. Um. So we get first of all, our first uh, new shot of Zahn. Right. All lit up. Very. Uh, and it's very a very different, different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a like because they do like a, a really good job of like they do like some kind of weird motiony still shots. I know that is contradictive, but it was interesting. But of a couple of different uh, locations and, and more specifically people um, like you could see what looked like potentially like a few other barons. I'm not sure if they're introducing chem barons yet into the into the mix from the lore or not, but definitely like some mobster looking people. Yeah. And so, um, well, and, and, and just so like one mm-hmm. thing I, I did notice was, so there's, there's like three or four scenes, I think. Yeah. There's, there's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say they're scenes. They're more like, like shots. Right. Um, and they're not, they aren't moving or anything. It's still shots. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, it, do you care if I just go through those four real quick? Oh yeah, go for it. Okay. So the first one is, uh, these characters, uh, there's a, a Vestaya and, and some guy in like a top hat and uh, they're getting their, their shoe shined. Right. And mm-hmm. next to them, there's an ad for cherry blossom, pure air. So apparently there's mm. uh, pure air for sale in Zon now. Which um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely a little bit more industry in Zon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like this turtle that's being worshiped. Uh, oh yeah. He had like the glasses and the chains or something. Yeah. There's like things, you know, that he's holding and, and a bunch of hands are, you know, basically hands in the air kind of worshiping him. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a statue. It was a statue, by the way, well, not an actual. Are, are you sure it's a statue? Cause uh, it, they were, they I'm, were all still shots. 
it looked like it definitely looked like a statue to me. I would be that's very what surprised. I, well, that that's what I thought at first until I I paused it and I was like, mm, I'm not a hundred percent on if it's a statue. So, I I mean I don't think we can confirm or or deny it um, right now. Uh, so that's the position I'm taking. <laughs> I I feel confident saying that it was a statue, but we will find out. I guess more in the future. Yeah, and then uh, from there. There's a, this is interesting, there's a tattoo mm-hmm. artist, um, and they're actually tattooing the Pentakill logo from uh, Riot's metal band that they have, um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, it's being, that guy's tattooing it onto someone's back, right? Um, yeah. Little fun fact, that tattoo artist is the same tattoo artist that is uh, tattooing Urgot in his splash art. So, uh, fun really? little little Easter egg there. Yep, yep. So, I had to double check it, and I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, that's him." So, um, so little little Easter egg there. Um, mm-hmm. And then what was the the? Oh, then there's this. I mean, there's this really great little shot of a gangster. Um, there's a Vestayan to the left of him. There's like this alligator that has like all this jewelry on it and everything. I don't know if that's a pet or if it's a sentient type of um, you know. Uh, creature right wouldn't be the first time we saw alligator people yeah exactly um but it was it was like a full-fledged alligator so i i think it was a pet but i didn't see a collar on him so i don't know um but uh and then there is another character with like two poros like around her and it was uh, Mm -hmm. um, a pink and a blue poro so i thought that was kind of cute um and then from there we uh we see uh savika um, going mm-hmm. to the last drop and the last drop is not what it used to be. It's not that good old dive bar. Right. Um, yeah. Now it's, it's a club. Um, so uh, the, the, um, so things have clearly changed since, since uh, Vander is, is left. Right. Or passed away. Yeah. Zon very much gives me more of a cyberpunky kind of feel now. Yeah. Than, than before. Than a, than a steampunky. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was cool because as Savika is going through the club, clearly Shimmer is now a common drug, right? They're putting yeah. it in like inhalers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's a little more dangerous. Like the, there's, it, um, you know, before you had like a little bit of like this warmth to everyone, even though they were kind yeah, of like big and scary community. And yeah. now it, it does not give those vibes, um, in my opinion. Now it's a little bit more yeah. hostile. And um, the bar was definitely like, as, as we saw before, it's kind of like a safe haven yeah. right? under the protection of Vander. But this is like very much. A, oh, shit. If I go into this bar, I might not come back out of this bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very dangerous place so, to be. And, and yeah. you know, when it, there's a, uh, these guys play uh, arm wrestling and um, with bear traps on the sides. Right. So mm-hmm. um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a way more scary and dangerous place. Does not have that same worth uh, when Vander was there. So. Oh, yeah. And um, this is where we first get so Silco, Silco comes back to the picture because uh, Savika's talking to Silco and she is very upset with Jinx. Yeah, because of what happened during the uh, the shipment that went awry. Um, first of all, you can immediately tell that Silco favors Jinx. Like Jinx is like definitely like has a special place. Um, in his heart over Savika, whether she's higher in, in the tier list or not, I, I don't know. But it looks like Savika is the second in, in command, but he still has like a weird 
soft spot um, for connection jinx. yeah to jinx yeah um which this thing this whole scene really gets involved in in a second it's very strange yeah um but yeah so she argues about that and then we see she ends up leaving and well, then we see and, and i just want to point out right like yeah, yeah. savika's loyalty is is ironclad like Remember, she's oh, yeah. the one that sacrifi- was willing to sacrifice herself to protect Silco in the explosion in the prior episode, um, yeah, and literally lost true. her arm because of it. Right, so I I, I got the feeling that uh, Savika was very frustrated and almost like uh, a little little I don't know I wouldn't say betrayed by Silco, but she she's definitely hurt from Silco definitely kind upset. of brushing her um, off like that. Yeah. So emotionally not just like i feel like i should be higher because i've worked here long it's like no like why don't you like me the same way you like her yeah thing yeah um so yeah it was always really interesting kind of seeing that play out throughout the episode but um after she leaves you see jinx's favorite hiding spot yep which is in the rafters rafters (laughs) of of the village she's always up there um so she was listening in that whole time and um Jinx is, is not a big fan of, of Savika, that's for sure. You get that very quickly. Um, but then she kind of uh, jumps down, and Silco expresses that he's really upset at the situation right now because um, the hex gates for Piltover are making them so much money, and mm. he feels like uh, the Undercity is falling, more specifically him and the Undercity, is falling further and further behind. Um, and I think that that, I mean... It shows that he's definitely been gearing up for for war, and he feels like he's losing his edge. Yeah. Um, and so things like this happening are are not what he wants. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about the the next very strange scene that goes down here? Yeah. So, um, you know he he hands Jinx the uh, the little eye um, vial thing that he he pokes mm-hmm. his eye with, right? And. Yep. Uh, um, she's kind of, you know, she's, I don't, you could tell she, whenever she's talking, like the scene cuts really aggressively and kind of mm-hmm. giving you that eerie vibe. Um, and, uh, what does she say? She's like, yeah, I can't put, uh, her back in the, can't old, put him back in the womb or the something. Little baby maker. And I was like, oh, and the old baby maker. Okay. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it does these weird, yeah. These weird, like double talk cuts where like, it seemed like you're not even sure if she said it or if that was in her head or what. Yeah. I mean, it definitely like she did say it, but it's just incredibly abrupt, which is what obviously that was a stylistic choice. And it was a good one because yeah. it definitely shows like, Oh shit. Like she's cracked. So, well, and, and that's the thing is Silco's trying to, tell her you know vi is is gone right um because that, yeah. that's her whole thing is you know Always she, trying to calm she, her down about that yeah. she she thought she saw vi kind of thing and, and silco's like you gotta let her go right um mm. so so yeah and then eventually uh, she administers the the eye shot for silco which is interesting too because it's it's a very like what what would you call that like the it's it's almost like vaguely sexual it was weird it was uh, weird what I got it was weird it. Like, yeah i got some weird fucking vibes from that it was almost like it's like okay they're really like close but it's too yeah, close it's a little too close for for comfort so it, it's one of those things where it's like you feel like it's a father daughter relationship but with a really fucked up weird will they won't they thing going on i it was really weird because the way that she, the way that she even kind of grabbed his neck almost 
whenever she was about to put in the eye drops like she she like literally put his hand like or put her hand like around his neck kind of not in the like i'm gonna kill you way but in almost like a weird like sensual way yeah and it was like a really weird thing because it was obviously a very vulnerable position for him right because he was kind of like leaned back she was like on top of him in a more dominant position she had his her hand kind of clasped right near his neck and she had this thing right above her eye so it looked like this weird scenario but but like you could tell he was a hundred percent trusting in that scenario which for a person in his position with this crazy person like i feel like that shows off a lot of what at least he thinks the dynamic is yeah and um yeah it was just like it was a super creepy scene because even for a little bit of that of that scene right before this happens i think or maybe i think actually this was happening during it but the way that she's sitting like she's kind of on the desk but she's also kind of on his lap yeah yeah clearly so she's not she's not in a good household guys okay so, yeah exactly yeah but after that we oh uh was there anything that we skipped there right after that no we, we go into the progress day fundraiser with um all the elites of piltover oh uh no there was one little tiny very tiny thing but he told her that that she needs to take some time to relax and yeah. just you know take off and she doesn't want to at all um and that's kind of important going into her next scene i know we're not going to quite get there yet but you know we'll talk about it whenever uh, that comes back up mm-hmm. but yeah you can go ahead and, and talk about the the scene with mel yeah so we, we cut back to the uh, piltover progress day fundraiser right uh, mel is with her assistant and uh when it, you know she's talking about how the you know all these people are a waste of her time kind of thing um and there's a little there's a blimp uh, going by with uh, jace's uh face on it and it says the man of progress right <laughs> yeah um so you can tell like they're just hyping him up you know like he's gonna be yeah. their next uh he's the golden boy, golden boy. yep um kind of like the the tony stark or something like that right but mm-hmm. uh but uh, in, a, in a way, way bigger position of power. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. And then um, uh, she makes the point to say the only one that actually is worth my time is him. And it kind of gives you this idea that like she doesn't I don't think she she's very much using or looking at him as a, uh, a piece on the board. Right. That's mm-hmm. uh, going to help with her overarching scheme right um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm 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 still convinced that mel has um ulterior motives right um mm-hmm. but we just don't know what those are yet yeah yeah i definitely agree with that and you know this is when um he ends up talking to mel and he comes over and i'm pretty sure i i was going to check this but i forgot to um but the debonair j skin is that not the debonair j skin no, that he comes in, in no he's he's wearing um uh yeah i i checked it too he's wearing a different outfit so okay yeah um but yeah well looks fairly am i am i even close there because i haven't looked at that skin in forever Uh, no whenever i saw him in that i was like debonair jace no uh i mean way off the mark they're both they're both white but uh there we go that's Good enough. I mean, and I was it, right. it's got tails on it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were on, those were honestly the two things that stood out to me. I was like, I remember those from the skin. So, oh well, it, kind of close then. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, but anyway, so uh, he confides in Mel because uh, he, he pulls her away. Um, he confides in Mel that Heimer says that 
you know, they need more time, more safeguards. And you can tell that he's conflicted in that moment. Um, but Mel actually says the opposite, basically. And um, she starts to go into the fact that Heimer, really undermining Heimer and saying that, you know, he's he's old and he only sees the past and that we need to look forward. And, you know, she kind of um, tells him, like, you know, you should do what you want to do, but, you know, you should also really do it. Like, you should go ahead and show these things off well, regardless of what Heimer says. And, and that's the thing is she, she's kind of laying the, the groundwork. She says... Oh, yeah. um, Piltover needs a leader that looks forward, someone like you. And he's like, what? Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Um, so, you know, Jace is kind of oblivious to, to like kind of what's going on around him, in my opinion. Like the, the fact that they're putting his face on billboards and he isn't connecting the, the dots. I'm like, like yeah. okay, man. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah and, he's, a, he's a little bit behind, like, you know, he's a little naive. For sure. Yeah. Like this is kind of a new like the political arena is not one that he's used to. And he's also like never you could tell at least before he never really was interested in the spotlight as much as just, you know, creating the technology that he always wanted. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, being put in this position, I feel like he is like a prime target to be steered in one direction or another. And I think Mel sees that, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the end of that scene. Yeah, it was it was a fairly quick one, mm-hmm. um, but then we go back to this is the the next big scene with Jinx and she is freaking out. She's in her lair. Yeah, yeah, her little. It's I, I don't even know where where it. I certainly don't know where it is. It's like I mean, in, it's a, in under city, obviously somewhere. It's in but, like a cavern, like a like a really deep cavern. Well, it's like yeah. on a metal. It's like on a metal fan, like in a deep cavern. Yeah. Um, because there's like two layers of like you know giant metal. It fans looks very unstable, which is an interesting yeah. uh, reflection of the exactly. character themselves. So, uh. <laughs> um, but this is when we get into some really interesting personifications of of her insanity. So I don't know what to call these. Um, so I'm just gonna call them like double talk flashes, where she has those times where she just very abruptly says one thing and then abruptly it cuts and says another. Um, so she has a lot of those uh, double talk flashes and she's talking to herself, um, trying to justify what happens or I guess comfort herself about, you know, what happened at the uh, shipment today as, you know, it was nothing and, you know, you know, it, it wasn't Vi and um, you can tell she's very, upset that she's going to be seen as weak by Silco specifically, which is another little thing where it shows you just how much she cares about him and his opinion. It looks like. Yeah. Um, And and the interesting thing too, is that she's just taking bombs and like throwing them down the, the cavern. Right. Just willy nilly. So jinx, jinx being jinx right there. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. But she obviously like living life on the absolute edge basically is, is her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and this is where we get some really interesting shots here because there was at one point where she was she was talking, saying something crazy, having those double flashes, and um, you see a, a like a black silhouetted Milo over her shoulder, and then what was it? It she like turns around or something, and then it, it has the superficial. Or the superimposed scribbling on his face. Yeah. It's like a real quick flash. And it's like, whoa, that was Milo right there in like dead human form. That was really fucking weird. Um, 
And uh, that's when soon after that you see behind her, she actually has made dolls of Milo and Clagger. Um, and she has them like hung up or one of them's hung up. The other one's, I think, on the couch. And um, so, yeah, she has kind of made them and put them in her lair. So it's weird that she's trying to like fill in um, these gaps and like keep them around somehow to make herself feel better. Like it wasn't her fault and they're still there. Yeah. What did, what did you get from it? Cause this is a big dissection. Oh, I mean, um, she scene. clearly has schizophrenia. Like she's oh, yeah. talking to dead people, you know, um, she's, uh, untreated. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> safe to say. So it's, yeah, no, I mean the, she is uh, worse for wear. So, um, yeah. And it's it's really sad, you know. It's not like it's not like one of those things where you you like. There's not a moment that you laugh at all. You you realize like, okay, like she is not processing like the trauma that she has, um, and uh, they're taking that very seriously, which I appreciate. So um, overall, I thought it was a, a really powerful scene. Um, I did not think we would see more of Milo and Clagger, but seeing them in this way is uh, just devastating for me. So. Yeah, just as a haunted memory more than anything else. Yeah. It's very strange. And I, I definitely like that the way that they uh, that they utilized them in this scene. It's just kind of like these shadows that hang over her shoulder constantly. Um, but yeah, and she's comforting, trying to comfort herself once again, you know, by saying there's no way she's alive. It's not Vi. And um, she also expresses her extreme dislike for Savika as well. Yeah. Saying that she's a regular, regular old Johnny on the spot. There's also like you notice that there's the monkey scribblings everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's the same one that you saw at the shipment earlier. So you can tell that this, the monkey bomb that caused all of this um, in the first place, like that's just kind of imprinted in her brain in a way that she, like, has to literally scribble it out all the time because it's just constantly there. Um, so I thought that was interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we go on to the next scene here. Do you want to take it with um, the whole, like, you know, coming in to do the speech and, yeah, and Victor and yeah. Jace, their interaction? Um, so we, we cut to uh, Victor, and he's clearly sick. He coughs, you know, and um, man, it just it, it hurts to see him like this. But he's he's um, backstage, right? Um, and he's mm-hmm. got, like, the, uh, the uh, what was that called? The anvil, right? And yeah. the um the the hextech gem, gemstone um or the hex gemstone mm-hmm. I don't know what they call it but hextech gemstone that's what it's called, um yeah, you know kind of ready to to demo uh, to the audience, um and then uh, Jay shows up right, and mm-hmm. um he's you know tells him that he's given the speech and everything and he's like oh you've got it ready and he's like yeah and then um, well actually he just real quick he also does mention specifically it was like. You know, they asked me if I was going to do the speech. Oh, yeah. Because you know, they were like, "You, we weren't sure if you were showing up kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and um, Jace, he's like, you know, you should jo- join me up here, you know. Um, yeah. And he's like, Victor is is clearly yeah, like. He said, we sh- you should come up too. We're partners. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he said, yeah, he doesn't like, you know, it was like, oh, no, I, I don't I don't like, you know, crowds. I don't like yeah. those people. I think part of it, too, is he doesn't want people to see him the way he is right now. So. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, Victor's definitely more the the introvert. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, and then uh, the assistant, uh, she eyeballs Victor, which I thought was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and then 
uh, Jace puts his mug down and, and very precariously it, it takes up the entire scene and completely blocks Victor out. And it just, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh man, like they're really setting this up like visually yeah. uh, with the audience. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, Jace goes up and, and he gives a speech, right? It's very, um, mm-hmm. it, it, at first it was kind of like, like uh, he, he kind of like calls his mom out and then he's like, yeah, m- most people didn't expect anything from me or. N- yeah, I was a little curious of that part too. I was like, like, damn, dude, like, like slam okay, your family. Your mom's okay. right there in the front row, dude. Like yeah. chill, bro. <laughs> What's she supposed to say? Yeah, I did never expect much from you. Yeah. Like, what like, the fuck? So I thought that was uh, kind of kind of interesting, but it kind of leans into the, like, you know, what we've what we know Jace as. Right. Which is uh, very self-absorbed. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh pretty standard like oh yeah no i i i did everything you know by the bootstraps kind of thing even though he had uh support from you know the the kierman house and had support from uh from even heimer whenever he first yeah, joined himself, yeah. yeah and and of course victor right so i just thought it was mm-hmm. kind of a weird comment to make um and I didn't like it. That's uh, what I'm getting yeah, at. I know. I, I agree with you. I, I was a little surprised that he said that too, but I'm thinking that's more of just like playing you know, to the crowd kind of thing. Yeah. Playing to the crowd, uh, pandering rather than, you know, creating a narrative um, that rather than people can get behind. Kind of thing. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was definitely playing the part. That's for sure. So, yeah. Um, and one of the things I wanted, I observed when he was given the speech is he, he points to the globe, right? And uh, mm-hmm. we get a shot of the upper top of the the globe where the the um, the hextech uh, what, what what do they call it again? hextech gates right the hex gate is yeah the hex gates yeah. and um, uh, one of the things I noticed is that there's actually a northern continent above Freljord so mm. um, that's not on the Runeterra universe but right. um, it's on the globe that we we see there um, so mm. in, in, interesting note I also yeah, kind of. Saw a landmass to the east of the Freljord as well, um, so I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay." Like, there's a little. I don't know if the riots showing their hand a little, a little too quick, but um, but yeah, there's clearly other stuff that we don't know about um, in the the League of Legends universe. Um, right. So I thought that was really yeah. I'm looking at it again. Yeah, there is another continent to the left of um or to the east of of Freljord. so um mm-hmm. so yeah just a interesting little tidbit there um very nice and, well done and then i'm going i have to flip the page um, i'm on page three of notes here we go um and during <laughs> the the speech um you know jace he's he's about to announce the uh, the hextech gem right and mm-hmm. he kind of looks around he looks at mel he looks at heimer heimer is kind of like he makes a stern face and he's like, mm, you better not do this boy. Um, mm-hmm. And um, he chickens out. Right. And uh, in, yeah. in effect, he pisses off everyone. Well, he, <laughs> well, about to say he also, he also looked at Mel too. Yeah. And yeah. Mel, Mel was like, do it, say it like, yep. yeah. And so it was, it was very interesting because you have those, basically those two parts of his, of his mind. Yeah. Uh, well, and, the devil on the shoulder yeah. or the angel. Yeah. Line. It was it was interesting seeing that play out there. So and so he, he basically um, the only person that was probably happy that he didn't say anything was Heimer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was it, the fact that he hesitated, I think, pissed Heimer off a little bit. Um, and then uh, Mel was clearly upset because um, she mm-hmm. was been making all these big promises to her uh, uh, financiers. Right. 
Um, right. And then Victor was easily the most upset, right? Um, yes. Yeah. He was. He was definitely let down. Yeah. So. More more emotionally, dis- or how would I say, like disappointed than upset? I'd say. Oh, I think I think Victor was both disappointed and upset. Like he kind of threw his hands in the air and stuff, and it's just like, what the heck? Like, you know, we were we were mm. supposed to demo this kind of thing. Um, actually, here I'm I'm playing the scene again. I've, it's funny. I've got the I've got it on um, Netflix. Lets you do 1.5 speed, so I mm-hmm. have it on 1.5 speed and, and just kind of playing along while we're actually talking, just to <laughs> give me more context. But uh, um. But yeah, so and I'm I'm just gonna confirm real quick. Um, I think Victor. Oh, you're trying to see the reaction of Victor? Yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly, he was more just kind of like he looked very sad and and let down rather than upset. But man, I I could be wrong because I'm just going off memory. Yeah, yeah. So he he was definitely um, let down. So that's the vibe that I'm getting from him. So um, wait, wait. So so wait. What I said or what you said? Um, don't worry about it. So there we go. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, damn it! <laughs> but uh, w- one thing I uh, I did notice is uh, Jace kind of revels in the um, the glory of, of being on stage, right? Um, he kind of like he's he's really taking it all in uh, whenever the fireworks start going off, and when that hap- happens, Mel and her assistant get up and she leaves. She's and Jace yeah. notices. He's kind of like oh, I kind of. I pissed her off. I'm going to have to figure that out. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely think um, like he has these weird, just has these weird moments of like where I feel like he likes the spotlight and where I feel like he doesn't like the spotlight. But I, I definitely feel like overall he's coming around more and more to the spotlight. Oh, because he yeah. does have those, those moments where like, I feel like he does like the adoration. Um, but yeah, this is definitely one of because he. You're right. In this moment, he was definitely all up in it. He was like lifting his hands up and with the with, with the fireworks going on in the background. Oh yeah, and yeah. He loved it. Yeah, he loved it. So. He he was a fan. That's for sure. Um, and then yeah, you know, contrasting that to Victor, you know, in the corner, you know, sad and depressed about, you know, basically potentially his life, <laughs> like you know, dying. Um, yeah, because he's he's definitely this. sick and he's not seeing a doctor right now. So exactly, and so you see, you know. Jace, you know, reveling in, in this, um, you know, adoration and Victor is the absolute opposite. So, yeah, it was an interesting thing to see there. So, yeah. And then um, that, that concludes that scene. And we go to uh, Caitlin um, and she's hanging out with yeah. all the uh, the uh, the other uh, police officers, street cops, the street cops, yeah. you know, and uh, they're giving a hard time, you know, because she's they're like, don't you have a cocktail party to go to? And. And Kate wants to prove herself, you know, she's like, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cop, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, in, in this scene, especially, you know, they, they obviously mock her for, you know, her higher position, um, in society and, you know, her wanting to, to be in this role, but this is where, you know, a big thing takes place. And, you know, soon after that little scene there, very close by, um, Jinx sets fire to a building. Yeah. And um, you see them all rush over to the building. You know, the, the flames are, are going. This is no small fire. That's for sure. And uh, you hear the voice of a little girl. Um, and she's like, help me, help me. And uh, as they go in and try to, you know, find the, the source of the, the noise, you see these hanging. I'm pretty sure they're like voice box grenades. Like they weren't just I'm pretty sure they were grenades and voice boxes. Yeah, it was like, um, a yeah, funky. Yeah, because they're the voices like. Her voice was coming out of all of them. It made it was 
you know, very distinctly showed um, that part of it. And she dropped the whole facade of the little girl voice and saying, I started the fire. And then she, uh, yeah, blew them all to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that um, Caitlin notices is the, uh, uh, the monkey again. Right. And uh, so she was able to connect that from the, the, the investigation on the airship. Um, So, and she immediately, she's like, Oh, it's a trap. Like, get out you know yeah it's a trap trap. (laughs) (laughs) and uh unfortunately um i think it was six officers lose their life in uh, an explosion that jinx set up and uh Mm -hmm. as caitlin is laying there on the ground like incapacitated um luckily she she isn't you know hurt but uh uh she sees jinx and then uh she passes out so yeah um so yeah she realizes it was it was a distraction yeah, an important moment is that she actually laid eyes on Jinx, yes. as you said. So, yeah, yeah that's very big. Um, um, then we go into the, the next scene there. Unless you had anything else to add. There. No, no, no. I was going to say we go in the next scene. Yeah, so this leads directly into a scene with um, Victor and Jace talking to the council about what just happened, basically, yeah. and how they stole a hex crystal. Um, or, I'm sorry, the, the hex gemstone is what this version of it is called. Yeah, right? yeah. Jinx stole um, it, yeah. Yeah, and so the council's deliberating on basically uh, how to handle Zahn moving forward, mm-hmm. knowing that they have this. And um, they, I, I don't remember which one, I think it was, well, one thing that was noted was that the clockwork girl, the one with the, you know, the weird clockwork neck thing. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember her name. Um, uh, I actually saw it in the, the subtitles whenever I was rewatching it. Um, mm-hmm. Shula. Her name's Shula. Shula. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Shula, she was actually the only one of them that actually was like, oh, well, you know, there are people too. We need to, you know, stand up for them because we're, they were talking about, you know, more radical ways to deal with things. Yeah. And, um, uh, the, we had the shot of the, um, older council member, uh, that was, that Mel gave the toy to earlier. And he was still trying to figure He's out. He's still that puzzle. playing with the toy. I love <laughs> ten years that. later. I was just like exactly. It's just like oh my god, this is perfect. Uh, so I really loved that shot. But um, he was, uh, you know, not not happy with the situation as well. And uh, you could tell that basically everyone on the council um, was, you know, trying to figure out something that was a little more serious with uh, Zahn taking the next steps. Do you want to talk about what what goes on there? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, wait, are you talking about like what Jace says? Yeah, what Jace goes into right after yeah, that. Yeah. So Jace Jace recommends stopping all Hextech until um, mm-hmm. the uh, the the terrorist is caught, right? Um, until yep. Piltover's safe, uh, which is kind of like, and then the, you know, of course, the council laughs at him, right? And they completely disagree. Yeah. And they're like, how are we supposed to do these trades? And you know, like. What, yeah, what did I lose too much money. What did, what did that one guy say? He said, uh, you know, uh, uh, what will I tell the Noxians? Yeah. Whenever I ship them wine and they get vinegar, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like it shows you the frivolous concerns that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, Mel interjects, right. And, uh, she's like, you know, we, maybe we need to think of something a little more radical. And, uh, she recommends, uh, making Jace, uh, a, a counselor. Um, and elevating House Talus, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So, and in that moment, uh, you know, Jace is super nervous, um, and they're they're all voting on it, but, uh, or they don't necessarily vote on it just yet, but 
um, Heimer interjects and he supports the notion. Um, so without Jace's consent at all, he's made a counselor, <laughs> which I thought was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and I yeah, know was Jace was like, thing. he was one of those, he was like, what? Like, uh, no, <laughs> um, but they, you know, they're like, nope, nope. You're, it's best to have a scientist that understands technology, um, be able to guide us during this time kind of thing. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and you start to really see the political machinations at play now, right? Um, where like before, you know, you were seeing like the, the fun type of, you know, oh, Mel gives the guy the, the toy, which ends up getting the, the vote later on to, to spare exile. Right. Um, but now it's like th- these are some big power plays that Mel's doing now. Um, and it go- goes to show that that Mel is is the, um, the she's guiding this right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, don't underestimate Mel at all. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think, I mean, she's, she's making moves, mad moves, mad basically. Moves, yep. And uh, I think that one one important thing um, is, to me, was definitely whenever Heimer was surprised that Jace was willing to um, suspend all of the Hextech technology. Yeah, sacrifice his, his work, essentially. Yeah, he said, yeah. exactly. And so that, that definitely um, meant a lot to Heimer, I think. And... I don't think that he would have agreed to the seat if it wasn't for that. Yeah. And even then he looked like he kind of gave a little like reluctant sigh whenever he agreed to give him the seat. Yeah. So I think that like, I think he could definitely feel like, you know, the direction things were going in. Like, like it's almost like he's, it's getting out of hand in a way. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Where he's used to being, you know, the guiding you know, force, um, in I, I think he, exactly. I, th- I think he know, I think he knew in that moment, basically he was like, I see what the councils, what the other council members are doing. And this like, is something that we've kind of seen so far, like you know, highlighted between the relationship of all of these counselors so far. And, um, he definitely could see they're on a different path than he is. Mm-hmm. They have different ideas than he does. And he's thinking in that moment, if we add another seat, maybe that's another person that will be on my side. Yeah. You know, that will do the right thing because he had just said he was willing to make that sacrifice um, for safety. And so I think that, yeah, he was kind of in, in that moment just like, all right, well, this is a gamble of a play, but I feel like I have to do it. You know, it's my best shot at keeping peace in this city. Yeah. So, yeah, um, very, very good scene there. Anything that has to do with, like, the council that plays out, I feel like is always a good scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The political intrigue in this show is so good. Well, and that's the thing is it just it, it, it leans back into the, the fact that this is an adult show. Like, it is not made for children because oh, yeah. you're just not going to understand, like, the 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 stakes that that this scene is is showing if, if you, you know, if you haven't watched this kind of content before. So, um but yeah, I, I love how Riot is is not afraid to go into more, um, you know, political intrigue uh, that requires a lot of uh, complex turns. So, right. um, but yeah, no, I think this is super cool. This is, I mean, this is super exciting to me. <laughs> yeah, so, same, same, same. Yeah, there's uh, there's so much being done with so little being said. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Um, but anyways, over to the next scene now, yeah, because uh, this is going to be definitely our longest episode so far. Um, so Jinx is in the lab and she's tinkering again. She's she's rocking out to uh, our favorite song. Yep. BT yep. Dubs, um, her theme song, by the way, that was the the first I think it was the first. No, 
Mumu's was the first. No, no, right? I think hers first was. I think hers was the first music video. Mumu's was after. Okay, I'll go back and check that. But yeah, one, either way, one of the two was the first. Um, but yeah, that that song was her uh, release um, video with on her initial release second, so long ago. Now, second guessing Crazy. me. Oh my god. Let's see. I'm pretty sure Mumu was first, and then it was Jinx. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Mumu first. Pretty sure it was. Jinx, so. <laughs> while you <laughs> while you while you look that up, I'll go ahead and start up to the next scene. Okay. So she she's rocking out, like I said, and um, <laughs> two Silka comes years in difference. Two years, <laughs> and it was it was Jinx. First. Yeah, Jinx in twenty thirteen. It was get All jinxed, right? right? Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Mamuvus came out in twenty fifteen. What one, what was that one called again? The Curse of the Sad Mummy. Curse of the Sad Mummy. That's right. Great it was music video. A good song. I, I love too. it. Yeah, yeah so. I liked it. Um, anyways, uh, so Silco comes in yelling his ass off at her, and she is um, mad that he that she killed those enforcers. Um, well, in. And one of the, some of the little, I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs in there um, during that whole sequence. Um, you you get the the butterfly from the uh, the festival that you see. Yep. Um, she's tinkering yep. with the butterfly, um, and then I think you also see, um, you know, she's singing along with with her original song from 2013. With her song, yep. Um, and then she's wearing uh, welding goggles. Which yep. uh, I just want to say, I don't think this is actually going to happen, but um, they look very similar to the welding goggles that Echo uh, wears around his neck um, in the game. Reaching. It is, I mean, welding goggles are pretty pretty common, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, it looks very similar to the ones that, that Echo wears around his neck. So, mm-hmm. so either way, um, very interesting scene. It once again shows that she is very capable technologically, right? Um because she's always tinkering around with stuff and she somehow makes these things work. Well, I mean, uh, she's I a, she... she's a pyromaniac. So, you know, uh... yeah, I don't know where she got enough training to just do it. I guess it's just all trial by error, but, um, yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure like she could talk to some people on the streets of Zon and they could <laughs> like, there's, there's not a whole lot of law and order down there. So <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he's screaming at her about the enforcers and she really just couldn't care less. Yeah. You know, we have a little, another little, you know, abrupt little moment there with the double flash. And um, she gives him the the crystal or the uh, gemstone, rather. Uh, and she celebrates in front of him. And she, like, gets, like, the fireworks going and stuff or, like, little, like, explosion things that she has going. And then she hugs him. And uh, you could tell this whole time he's kind of like, because he stopped yelling at her immediately as soon as she put that in his hands. And he's kind of like, oh, my God, like, you got this. Yeah. If anything, and he's kind of awestruck by her. So. Exa- yeah, he definitely is. And so, you know, it's it's really interesting for her because you could tell she's just happy that he or that she's helping you know? that she's in his favor. Yeah. yeah. And then he is just like, holy shit, I can't believe you actually did something like this. And I think like in that that moment, he basically was just like. Yeah, like Jinx number one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't. No one else matters at at this point. Um, but yeah. So so that was that scene. Uh, very good. Illuminates more about their relationship moving forward. Um, and then we have the scene, another scene with Jason Caitlin. 
which shows, I feel like, again, another little bit of their relationship uh, not turning out the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so, didn't think it was going to turn out with them anyways. So Yeah, I mean, f- fair enough. But yeah, that was definitely not the way I had originally thought their relationship was. My headcanon was different on that. <laughs> um, but Jason comes to Caitlin with, with flowers. And uh, let me tell you what, I've never seen someone be... <laughs> like so, so dismissive yeah <laughs> fucking flowers <laughs> and they and make a point the yeah they make a point to to show these flowers being thrown on the floor and i was like exactly yeah she like, did not give a fuck yeah, about kate, kate I'm, I'm sorry jace uh the, kate is not interested buddy okay so yeah yeah and um she immediately even though she was you know hurt she um because that's why he was bringing her flowers and you could see flowers all around her too um uh, from other people bringing yeah. them to her mm-hmm. uh, just because of her position in the family. I'm sure I'm sure yeah. they actually didn't give a shit about her specifically, but, um, but you tell like she immediately just starts talking to him about the case that she was, uh, you know, trying to work on earlier. Before we go forward, I just want to point out sure. like, uh, Caitlin's kind of yacked man. Like she's got some, she's kind of cut, oh, yeah. you know? So I mean, I wouldn't talk with her. No, no, absolutely not. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, just, just want to point that out. I'd, s- I'd say yes, so, ma'am to her. Yes. That's what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, officer, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I would not want to get into a fight with her, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So she immediately starts talking about the case and you could tell that she's just, uh, you know, she's a very resilient person. She was just literally an explosion that killed multiple people. And all she could think about is getting justice for those people and, you know, working the case. And um, you see the type of person that she is and how much grit she has. Um, She realizes that there's a pattern uh, between all of these uh, attacks and and these shipments. Um, And she wants to find out, you know, who it is. And you tell she has the the crazy obsessive, you know, uh, drawings with the strings and the and everything like that on the on the center of the floor. Right. Mm hmm. And um, I always love whenever they do that because it's like the, you know, the classic like, this is my fucking life's work. Yeah. <laughs> this is the conspiracy. Uh, I can't stop. Yeah. I, exactly. Um, but anyway, so uh, she's doing that. And then Jace kind of says, well, he's on the council now and um, he wants her to be your private. He just kind of changes the subject. He's like, um, you know, now that I'm on the council, slips that in. She's like, wait, what? You're on the council? Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck did they let you be on the council? Yeah. He tells her a little bit about it, and she's like, wow, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and he says, uh, yeah, once again, like, not at all caring about his accomplishments. Yeah. So <laughs> safe to say they're not going to get together at this point. Um, and he wants her to be, uh, like, part of his private security. Yeah. offers her the job to be that. And um, she says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll be behind the desk yeah. the whole time. That's a ceremonial position. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, basically tells her, he's like, look, you know, your parents are trying to get you out of the force basically after what happened because they're too worried about you and they don't want you involved in it and um this was the best that i could compromise with them because i know you want to be out there but you know i figured by offering you this at least you'd be somewhere in it and she's upset with him that he would even try to appease them like that um at least that's the vibe that i got what about you um well, I think she's just she's upset that um, it's a ceremonial position. I mean, she wants to be on you know um, on the beat, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But then she's like, "Well, I'm I'm still gonna you know I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing because I I like it." 
And uh, he's like, yeah, your parents spoke to the sheriff and you don't have a job anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, damn, like these parents need to chill out, man. Like, I understand like your your daughter's in danger, but let her live her life, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, that is only going to piss off Caitlin more. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, did you get the vibe, though, that she was upset with Jace for even like siding with them kind of well i don't think he really he does side with them um i think he's he's just like oh you know this is they are you know they they got her out of the force um you know maybe maybe i can you know preserve uh you know her her uh position somewhere and i think that was his Mm -hmm. best thought was just going oh you know join tell security right um and he was probably able to convince yeah. her parents to, to get on board with that, you know? Well, I guess I mean more of, like, not necessarily siding with them, but more of, like, being, like, you know, I- accepting the fact that they're doing that to her. Yeah, and I, not being I don't, upset I don't think well, she's, but. like, I don't think she's necessarily pissed off at Jace as much as the situation. I She's really pissed off at her parents more than anything. Um, I mean, she, yeah, she definitely is that. But, yeah. Um, so, but I don't think but, she yeah. feels betrayed by Jace at all. I think she's just kind of, like, she's pissed off. She does not want to talk to anyone right now. And gotcha. yeah, Jace kind of gets the the brunt of it when he's there. I so. got that vibe a little bit, but we'll see what happens moving forward. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so after that, uh, Kate at this point she's like, you know what? I'm I'm going rogue at this point. You know, I'm yeah. gonna do what I want. They're trying to get me out, um, but you're not gonna be able to do it. So she goes to prison, and where the uh, the big goon that she um, was gonna, found was earlier, interrogating earlier, yeah, right. And that's where he was placed. And so she wanted to go speak to him. And so we get this scene, which is probably more interesting to us than a lot of other people, just because we were trying to figure out once again, like what the race of this character was. But whenever she goes up to the, I guess, I don't know if it's the warden or just like, you know, the security officer at the front or whatever that just handles the logistics of people going in and out. But either way, she talks to him and he's this big, big dude. And he kind of looks vaguely orcish. Like, I couldn't really tell if he was just like a strangely drawn human or if he was kind of a different race. But either way, it's very interesting to see a character like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that that was, once again, another really interesting world building aspect, if it is indeed a different race. Great voice um, actor, too. Like, just. Yeah, yeah, really good voice acting. All the voice acting in, in the show is top notch. Um, but anyway, so she goes and does that, but she tells him that she wants to go meet with that guy. And he's like, yeah, well, you're not going to be able to do that because, um, his, you know, he's not conscious. It, or his jaw's broken. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he, he's all kinds of fucked up. And she's like, what? How did that happen? And, uh, you know, it shows uh, the flashes of what happened in that scene and actually how it went down. And it shows that Vi actually went to him in the, like, lunchroom, it looked like, right? And uh, yeah, it just shows uh, shows him getting beat up. It doesn't necessarily show Vi, of course. You know, I got to keep that. The little, right, little right, surprise. right. Oh, oh yeah. who is it that's doing oh, yeah. it? Yeah, who could it be? Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure like she hit him with a lunch tray. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. metal lunch yeah. tray. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so I thought that was that was pretty interesting. And um, uh, that's whenever we get to because he's like, well, yeah, what do you want to do? And then basically you see her going down the aisle to go see this person that beat her up. Yeah. They, they, she goes beat, down beat like 40 floors into the, yeah. into the ground. I'm like, no, this, this is a deep prison. Holy shit. So yeah, this is a fucked up place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she goes down and then that's whenever we see, I think as she's walking, we see kind of flips to this person, you know, this mysterious person punching the uh, wall. Yeah. Punching the wall. Like, you know, you could tell she's, you know, 
She's really into fitness. Yeah. <laughs> she's got these badass tattoos on her yeah. too. Like holy oh, shit! Oh yeah, she's all tatted up now. Yeah, all tatted up. Um, but yeah, you can tell she's like you know really hardened because whenever she actually Caitlin actually finally gets there, um, Vi, you see her kind of like turn around and you see her tatted up, really hardened face and everything like that. And she says, "Who the hell are you?" Yeah, and that's when it cuts. And that's like right there. It's a pretty like critical moment. Because that's the meeting of like best friends right yeah. there, right? Yeah. And you look back on, on this moment, it's like this is how this this dynamic duo starts. Well, and, and that's the thing is, you know, from the beginning, Kate and Vi have been a dynamic duo in the game. So uh, this moment was really cool to see them meet. Um, and I like yeah. how it was, you know, Kate uh, totally seeked her out, right? Like it was, it was yeah. her own... Um, decision to, to to do all this stuff. It wasn't like a, a forced at all. Um, I just I was really impressed. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I and I love their their little uh, dynamic. But uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out in the actual uh, show itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, just I, I guess um, it's the two unlikely friends coming together scenario. Yeah, I always enjoy that that storyline. So I, I was glad to see that. It wasn't some, you know, like very coincidental kind of thing, you know, just happened to be like, oh, who are you? Who are you? No, it was actually kind of sought out. And uh, I really liked it. Yeah. Because they weren't. Yeah. You you just could tell like right now they're not going to get along with each other (laughs) because they're in totally opposite positions. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways. um, Yeah. So I guess that actually wraps up unless you have anything else to say. Nope. Nope. That's it. All right, that is it for episode number four. We made it this far already. Ooh. Obviously, we're going to be doing episode number five. We're gearing up for the finale of the second act um, after this next one. So, yeah, super pumped about that. Uh, so, yeah, make sure to um, check out the other episodes. If you haven't already, you should. And, um, you know, subscribe if you want so that way you can stay up to date with all the new episodes that come out. Don't forget to leave the five-star reviews and, you know, make mention of a character if you want us to read it out in their voice. That's totally fine. And, uh, yeah, until next week, thank you guys very much. Peace.